You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. And mercy are yours from the triune God. I like to imagine the wilderness is a place to visit, a place that stays put. Over there in the west, over there in the mountains, over there in that part of the liturgical calendar. <laughs> I like to think of the wilderness as a gated place, wild but safe behind a wall or at least the boundaries of a national forest. I pack my camping gear, I take my Lenten vows, I put on my rain jacket and ashes, and I enter that wild land. And of course, one must always stop for coffee and a Snickers bar on I-70. Maybe sit for a moment in Wi-Fi range for that last selfie so people know one is about to have a highly enviable adventure. <laughs> I like to imagine that I control my relationship with the wilderness that I only have to visit when I'm good and prepared. But the wilderness does not stay put. She travels where she wants, when she wants, to who she wants. Sooner or later, recently baptized or not, led by the Spirit or not, we all find ourselves famished in a desert we never saw coming. For a sit-down with the devil, whose offers are what might politely be called <laughs> this Lenten wilderness is not a simple thing. It won't stay put. It won't behave. It's never the same from year to year, and my preparations only lead me to the gate. Maybe only a short distance inside, but then I'm on my own. I take ten steps towards the wild, and she takes ten thousand towards me. We are, this week, just beyond the gate. A generous 30-some days yet to go, I am still resolute in my Lenten sacrifice. I can still look back over my shoulder and see civilization not so far behind. This time, surely I'll make it through just fine. Surely it won't be that bad. Surely all my preparations this year are the right ones. In certain Christianities in this country, there's a Jesus I like to call Rambo Jesus. Huh. Or CrossFit Jesus, depending on your generation. <laughs> You've seen him on billboards. He's the militant leader of various armies of Christ. His muscles bulge and his veins pop out as he breaks himself free of the arms of the cross, electrolyte-loaded sweat dripping from his brow. And I have to confess, there's a part of me that loves this kind of attitude. 
I'm not saying she's the healthy part of me, but there's something in me that goes into Lent with Rambo Jesus by my side. This year, I'm busting out of every cross. This year, I'll crush my Instagram habit. I'll give up sugar forever. This year, this year is the year when me and old muscle man will get closer to God by doing an eight-minute mile every day. This is the year when I'll tramp into the wilderness with the exact right gear, the perfect butt workout, the elite mental preparation that will carry me over every peak and valley. This is the year, I've said, disregarding completely the fact that Lent's sole destination is Holy Saturday and the Forsaken Hill. One of my favorite bloggers, the Internet Monk, said that a simple Yahoo search, or Google search, depending on your generation, <laughs> will yield plenty of Lenten practices that cross-busting Jesus would approve of. Adventures, trainings, journeys, disciplines, formation. The focus is on getting stronger, better, more mature, more capable. Stripping off the sin that so easily besets us and running a good eight-minute race to the finish. Us, doing it alone, on the power of our own engine with Jesus cheering us on, Lent can sometimes be mistaken for a strange process of trying to be good. Good at, good for getting good with God, getting better at life. And yet, as the internet monk says, Lent is not actually about being good or getting better. Lent is about preparing to die. It is the season when ancient catechumens were prepared for baptism. In other words, 40 days of preparing to drown. Last summer, me, the mischievous Holy Spirit, and Rambo Jesus hiked ourselves into Gunnison National Forest to a very, very remote campsite. Believe me when I tell you that I had made all the right preparations. I had the most ergonomic backpack, the hottest white flame gas, the high arch hiking boots, the rainproof, thunderproof, high-tech bug repellent tent. I was the only thing getting in that tent. <laughs> I had made my sacrifices too, of course, surrendering all but one utilitarian spork, all but one small pot, even, yes, even that 10-year-aged, sharp Wisconsin golden block of cheddar cheese was sacrificed to save weight in the pack. This being done, I marched myself into the forest on the sole conviction of my own self-sufficiency. I was going it alone. None of that mattered alone in my sleeping bag at three in the morning when I awoke to sounds of huffing, scratching, and general terror-inducing noises just outside the tent. I tell you truly that blood really does turn to ice. That hair really does turn white in a second. No tent, no hiking boots, no perfect squat workout, 
will prepare you for the real fear that you, yes, you, are about to become a midnight snack. I'm joking a little about it now, but that night changed me in a way I can't really shake. There's something about being trapped inside flimsy nylon fabric and a bag of feathers with some kind of wild creature shuffling around your tent that gives you a brand new perspective on life. I lay there motionless in that tent for about an hour listening to the animal circle, forcing down a diaphragm that really badly wanted to hyperventilate, forgetting every other distracting detail except the growing realization that my life may have just reached its terminus. Truly, the only choice I had left was acceptance. Unwilling acceptance that my life was not my own. That I was helplessly trapped inside what I started hyperbolically calling my nylon death shroud. <laughs> and that I did not have a choice about what would happen next. The wilderness had come to me and was shaking me with everything she had. I survived, obviously. But I prayed more fervently that night than when my plane is flying through turbulence over the Rockies. My hair has since returned to its luscious brown hue, but the heart of that night convinced me that preparations for the wilderness are about more than just preparations. Sacrifices for Lent are about more than just sacrifices. We ourselves are the final sacrifice of Lent. We ourselves are what will be surrendered. Every small sacrifice that we have made in good faith, the chocolate, the wine, the Facebook hiatuses, the sugar, the God forbid coffee, the news and the radio, all our various distractions are just practice for the final let go. The true self-denial, that which will be taken from us whether or not we are ready ourselves and our sense of our own power. Barbara Brown Taylor gave me the best description of what I had been through. She said, like every believer I know, my search for real life has led me through at least three distinct seasons of faith. Jesus called them finding life, losing life, and finding life again but you do not have to die in order to discover the truth of this teaching. You only need to lose track of who you are or who you thought you were supposed to be so that you end up lying flat on your back in the dirt floor basement of your heart. Do this, Jesus says, and you will live. What can we imagine that Jesus had left after 40 days of fasting? Was he still who he imagined himself to be, or had he been laid out flat? There's no way that he cast off the devil's temptations with the zeal of prophet Jesus. Perhaps he was carried so easily to rooftops and mountaintops because he was weak and thirsty, a bearded bag of skin whose preparations and sacrifices had long since fallen away. Much is made of the devil's temptations and of Jesus' easy ability to cast them off. 
But what really interests me is the final moment of this whole ordeal. The devil left Jesus, and suddenly angels appeared to minister to the broken one, the one who thirsts and was famished. This says to me the one thing I always so badly want to hear, and the one thing I so frequently reject, even when it's me lying on my back in the desert. I am, we are, at our very worst, enough. Good enough. And not just enough, but worthy, worthy of being tended to by angels who have come looking for us. When we have surrendered the good at, the good for, when we have nothing left but our own good enough, dying selves trembling within the nylon shroud, we are exactly who God has been waiting for, who God has created us to be. When we have nothing at all is when God says, you are more worthy than ever, and you are all I have wanted and all I have desired. Confess what you must. Sacrifice what you must. Deny what you must, but ultimately, God, whose own spirit has walked us into many deserts, will meet us, humble, thirsting, on the other side. Reverend Paul Fromberg, an Episcopal priest in San Francisco, said that Lent is about confronting the very worst thing in life and all our attempts to thwart it, but the very worst thing is not the last thing. A fearsome rustling that stalks your tent, a conversation with the devil, is not the period on the sentence. The last paragraph always belongs to God and always says that her tender, gentle emissaries will scoop us up from the desert floor precisely at the moment when we are the only thing left to scoop. All Lenten disciplines undertaken in this room are worthy sacrifices and surrenderings, but they are just the finger pointing at the moon. They are not the moon. Let them carry you as far as they will, but know that ultimately it is only us that God desires. Us free from every attempt to better or perfect ourselves. Us free from every striving to draw near to God. Us simply and completely surrendered to her wild grace that is relentlessly seeking our broken selves in every wilderness of the heart to scoop us up and to say, you you, small, broken creature, are my Lenten practice, and it is I who is drawing nearer to you. In our holy surrender, which is coming for us even now, may it be so and honor.